Restoration of peace within the soul is an ongoing process. The Prosperity Project series presents Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse. The brightest stars on earth have overcome many adversities in their lives. This book is dedicated to the inner healing of abuse victims and those who have encountered traumatic experiences. Focusing on the strength-based perspective, the reader will connect with their innate ability to overcome all obstacles. This book was written by survivors to survivors and those that know survivors. Instructor's Manual and the Individual Student Books of Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse are designed for facilitating workshops, Bible studies, individual readings, and or groups. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. A few testimonies from Lori Massey, who says that the book is wonderful, inspiring, empathetic, and helps with the past. The novel market declares while religion isn't normally their thing, I know it is for a lot of people, and this book seems written with good intentions to help others. Also, Will says that this book is inspiring and transformative. He says it is a great read, and he wasn't sure what to expect going in but he enjoyed the book and he recommends it. Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse, available right now on Amazon.com. Praise God, welcome to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas, and it is such a blessing a humble blessing to have those on the line today and to have each of you listening. On tonight's Bible study, I have our guest, uh, Sister Patricia Carter. Good evening. How are you? I'm blessed. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Nicole Carter, praise God. How are you? Hallelujah, praise God. Praise God. God will go to the very thickest of the darkness to save his children. Brother Desmond Muhammad, good evening. How are you? I'm great, and it's a pleasure to be here, Pastor. Praise God. Praise God, my brother. Praise God. Sister Arlessa Douglas, good evening. How are you? Today is Arlessa's 26th birthday. Praise God. Happy birthday. Amen. Amen. Brother Brylin Douglas, good evening. How are you? Praise God, praise God. We have Patrick there grubbing. Arlessa had fixed, and she didn't have to, but she wanted to fix this uh, dish for her birthday. 
and um, and I think that's politely saying that uh, her mother can't. What are they called? Talkies, talkies. Yes. So Patrick has his phone on mute, but um, uh, I'm gonna have uh, brother uh, Patrick Douglas unmuted after he's done eating to tell everybody good evening. Praise God. Amen. Sister Pat, if you could lead us in with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening to study your word, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all your blessings, your grace, your mercy, small harm and danger illnesses. Thank you for keeping us through each and every moment of this day, every other single day, every day, dear Lord. Just thank you, thank you. Just want to say we thank you, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise that you so richly deserve, Lord. We just ask that we open up our hearts and our minds, eyes, ears up to you, receiving everything that you want us to see and hear, dear Lord, and what you want us to see, and open up our hearts, dear Lord, so that we receive all the strength of your spirit so that we can understand and we can love dear lord and have all the gifts of the holy spirit all the gifts lord just so that we can be be your beacon of light here on this earth and people can see the light and they too can see the joy and the peace that we have and where it comes from and it only comes from you dear lord and that they could take of that light and learn your words, dear Lord. That they too can see that when this journey on this earth is done, we have a journey where yeah. we can come to you in the land that you have prepared for us in the new heaven and earth, where we will have eternal joy and peace, and there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more sadness, where the lamb will lay down with the line and there just be joy and peace forevermore. And all we have to do is just worship and praise your holy name and just be full of joy, peace, happiness. It's free. All we have to do is accept you, put you into our hearts, and honor you and acknowledge that you are the one and only true God. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the honor and glory. And Lord, we have to remember that your will shall be done. Your will, your perfect will shall be done. We love love you and we praise your name forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, our sister, for that beautiful anointed prayer. Amen. Brother Patrick Douglas, good evening. When he heard his grandma praying, he came on in the kitchen. Good evening, Patrick Douglas, my brother. How are you? I'm pretty good. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. That is right. Powerful prayer. Uh, With that being said, uh, did anybody want to share the recap for last week's Bible study uh, before we uh, read uh, today's Daily Bread? Let me see. We did read uh, last week's bread, if I'm not mistaken. So, 
that would have been um, the Daily Bread Amen. Amen. And then um, we talked about um, the um, Genesis, the sixth chapter. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the lineage of uh, not just uh, Noah, but Seth. Then we started to go into uh, the official life story of Noah and his uh, three sons. Uh, mm-hmm. Sister Carter. Thank you. Praise God. Um, And now we are going to begin with our daily bread reading. And this again, um, if you don't have the daily bread already, um, you can find it on dailybread.org. That's dailybread.org. We are actually going to read the um, reading dated October 11th. I'm going to uh, send a picture to um, everyone just in case they don't have the daily bread in front of them. So you should receive it momentarily. Um, any volunteers that would what, like what to, uh huh, daily bread. Uh huh, daily bread. Um, did you get the, uh-huh. did you get, the, can you see it? I've got it. It's daily bread. Which one for October? Yeah, October 11th. Okay. 
And Sister Pat, Sister Nicole, do you guys have it? Okay, amen. And Brother Desmond, you have it? Okay, amen. Who would like to, okay, praise God. Who would like to read uh, today's Daily Bread? Okay, amen. about your responsibilities? I think most of us, I don't know most of us, but uh, a lot of times, like, uh, responsibilities, sometimes I think, uh, am I really capable of all these responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I had a, you don't really have a whole lot of um, expectation in your own self. Maybe you know people see something in you that you don't see, but but and then it just seems like, oh, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like there's somebody else out there that's like me. You just sometimes think I just want to go do what I gotta do, and I don't want the responsibilities of others. And 
uh, or anything on my shoulders. I just want to be responsible for just myself. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, anyone else want to share? <clears throat> I mean, I agree with Sister Patricia. I mean, the responsibilities I think of, like, you know, just being recently, like, am I responsible? If, do I have the mental capacity, not just financial, but mental capacity, physical strength, um, you know, to, to put my house back together and then my car is flooded and no transportation and you know, um, the responsibilities that you have associated with transportation. And you don't realize, again, just like a home, how much you need in this world living right now to have transportation, a reliable transportation, not just to maintain a job, but just to get food, just to uh, think about sometimes paying bills that sometimes you can't do online, go to state, you know. Uh, go to your doctor. So it's a lot. And, you know, state makes you feel like your responsibilities are insurmountable. And not only that, you don't have anyone to help you through these hard times of when you do have uh, a loss of things, you know. But God tells you just lift up the heels which comes to your help. And your help comes from your nerves. So I know he helps us in all the responsibilities that we have to do because all of us here on this phone line have a lot of responsibilities. And sometimes I think a pastor, well, why can't I have had an easier life? Like, why can't I have a husband and the only responsibility I have was to keep a clean home? You know, Lord knows I still probably couldn't have been a good cook, but at least I could have, you know, he could have came home to a clean house or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, you know, there's things for a reason. And um, God has a reason for everybody's life the way it is. And sometimes we don't understand it next, but we'll understand it better by by. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for that testimony, both those testimonies. Before um, uh, we hear uh, more responses, I I do want to touch on this aspect, um, what I heard from Sister Patricia Carter about responsibility. Sometimes you just want to be responsible for yourself. And I could definitely empathize with that because the fear that I had um, is I don't want to let anybody down. You know, um, that's something I never want to stumble anybody. You know, I want to be open. I want to be honest. And when you are taking on managerial and supervisory positions, you have a lot on your platter. And I applaud the managers and the supervisors and and the bosses and, you know, business owners and also the workers, you know, and people that work inside the home for their home, you know, because there's a lot of responsibility, you know, and Sister Nicole, as you share, um, being basically plucked out the fire, you know, having to deal with the loss of your house, well, the temporary loss of your house and 
and the temporary loss of, of transportation, you know, and, uh, and it's a lot of responsibility when you are the breadwinner of your household. It's like, okay, it feels like sometimes you're at a standstill because you have all these responsibilities and in our flesh, we feel like, okay, we have X amount of responsibilities, but now my availability and my capability, I feel is hindered because how am I going to uh, fulfill these responsibilities that I have, you know? And that's what today's Bible study is going to be about, that whatever responsibility that we have is already supplied and equipped by the Lord God Almighty, because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, okay? Amen. Uh, Brother Desmond, um, if you want to share uh, your, your answer, what worries do you have about your responsibilities? Well, I used to think my responsibilities... I shouldn't say that I thought I was insignificant, but I had to learn that my responsibilities when I was a barber were always to God. And I could always, I think my responsibility was to get people that I had in the chair to some form of how can I say it get some form of Christianity into them in other words I had to have a good word I had to have something that I could tell them from the Bible Mm -hmm. to relay back so you know that might have been the only thing that they had to feed them that was my responsibility because even when I was inside the choir in church, people have to understand when you're up there singing, your responsibility is always to God. And it's also your responsibility as a choir member, a, a person who God has given the ability to sing to encourage others to come into this house, to participate, to, 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 to be able to pray. My responsibility was that when I was in the choir. My responsibility in the barbershop was always to leave somebody with a good word, positivity, Mm-hmm. And, and, and to tell them what God can do as long as they have faith in them. You know, you got to have faith. Faith is the biggest responsibility to all of us. Mm-hmm. Got faith in, in praising the good Lord. Amen. And, and, and like me, I had to understand things from a perspective of when I got sick. It wasn't saying that God is bad. It was saying my responsibility is to keep praying, to keep on track, 
to know that the good Lord has every one of us and me in his hands. That was my responsibility. Bills are going to always come. Amen. You're always going to have bills. And, and it, it does say, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. And I understand exactly what Sister Nicole said. I want to touch on that and praise God for her being so strong because it seems like when the weight of the world is crushing down on you, you know, some a lot of us forget to, to pray and ask God to take us out of our situations, you know, and, and to take care of the situations at hand. And the good Lord took care of her because she's faithful. That's, that, that right there, that's our responsibility is to pray. That's Amen. my thing. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that testimony. And I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, being in a situation, um, a secular job, especially in Barbary, you have a lot of spirits that come in and out, you know, and there's a lot of conversational topics that, you know, you, you wouldn't have that. This, the conversation you have in a barbershop might not be the conversation you had at church, you know? So, you know, and, and led by the spirit, you felt the responsibility to spiritually educate others. It's, and I get that. And I think that's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful uh, accolade. You know, um, with this beautiful reading in the Daily Bread here, your part, God's part, I love that title. Because we have a part in our journey, which God's part has already established and ordained for us. As the reading brought about uh, in Genesis chapter 12, which we were discussing briefly last week, um, where Abraham was grown and married to his wife at the time the Lord said for him to leave his father's house. Now, Abraham brought his, brought his father with him. You know what I mean? But he physically left that house and uprooted to a different uh, place. You know? And this really... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was just saying, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. And this really spoke to me um, my brother and sisters, uh, because one of which I, I was posting on social media today, my journey and self-publishing, I was published, uh, by two other publishers and, you know, it's, it's, it's different. The first one, like I've shared uh, a bunch of times, you know, there was other authors that they were putting their work out. And so it was just time for me to part ways and find another publishing company that was going to put my work out. But then somehow, you know, um, just the communication, you know, just kind of turned. And 
I was constantly putting out uh, books, especially with my kids. And I think that's where it was like, you know, the Lord said, I need you to do what I need you to do in the time that I need you to do it in. Because literally I was dreaming books to write, you know, and um, in my conversation with God, I said, you know, I don't know anything about self-publishing. I don't even know how to do it, you know, and God brought memories back in conversations that I had. And he took me to Amazon. And I remember when I looked on Amazon, it was almost like I was looking at a foreign language. And I heard and I felt I would teach you. God has sent me to teach you. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit taught me, you know, and in that aspect, there was a lot of responsibility because number one, I was no longer employed in the secular job anymore. I was now, you know, my own independent business. And there was a lot of responsibilities. And on top of that, there was, there's a lot of responsibilities and self-publishing, you know, because you don't have an editor that's going to come in and check your work. You got to do it. You don't have a design team, a cover team that's going to design your cover. You have to do it. You don't have, you know, um, the, the beauty of just typing the book and uploading the manuscript and then they format the book, edit it, all of that. I had to do that, you know, and the Holy Spirit, God taught me to do that. And I was sharing on Facebook from my original cover of Restoring Your Inner Peace to the last cover. And that's what I've learned. And in reading this is just confirmation. Whatever God wants you to be responsible for in life, he will equip you. He will teach you. He will never give you an assignment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He will never give you an assignment that you cannot pass. Okay. So when you have that, and this is anybody that's listening before we break, if, if, if God has spoke to you and put it in your heart to go to school, to apply for a job, to write a book, to publish a book, whatever, he already, he already has blessed you with that. With that being said, um, I want to end it with this prayer and then we'll come back. Dear God, I want to surrender to you my fears and worries about succeeding in my roles and responsibilities. Please help me to do my part as you do yours. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. We will be right back with studying in the word. With only a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway, the roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. 
Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy, written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter Douglas, praise God, pastor of Behind Closed Doors Ministries. Yes, as we get um, started with the meat, yes, amen, praise God. We are, if we could turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 13. That's Exodus chapter 13, and we are studying out of the New International Version Bible, but you can use whatever standard of uh, language that you feel comfortable with. Um, Another thing that has come up is uh, a question asked, and uh, no offense taken, um, but why uh, is it that I have uh, people, or why do we read the scriptures um, to our Bible study uh, when it'll be quicker, or as they said, um, time-consuming if uh, we read the text prior to the Bible study? And um, the reason why I, I feel no offense taken is because my assignment is not anybody else's assignment. Um, What God has blessed me with is the empathetic journey. We have people that listen to this podcast um, that are not able to read the Bible. Um, And so they use the app, you know, there's some people that might be visually impaired. There's people that might not be able to read. There's people um, in all walks of life. And also, um, some people might just want to hear another person read. But my assignment is not anybody's assignment. So what we do here um, on this podcast for our listeners, we try to incorporate people from all walks. And so uh, I will usually have the first section of our reading assignment read, we will read that. And then the second one is what we kind of uh, go over. Okay. Amen. But we love you all. Praise God. Uh, Who would like to begin with Exodus chapter three? There are approximately 22 verses in here. So we could gladly split these up. Uh, who would like to read the first uh, seven verses? 
Did you say chapter three or chapter 13? Oh, I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 13. I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 13. Okay. Chapter 13. Yes, ma'am. New NIV version. Mm -hmm. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first of offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today in the month of, of Zebai, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jezbistites, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast, and on the seventh day, hold a festival to the Lord. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast is in it to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. Amen. Uh, how far did you want me to um, go? Those seven, those seven. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That is perfect. So we see here in these first seven verses that the Lord is instructing Moses what to do to consecrate every firstborn male. Um, and, and this is going to be a commemoration um, to that, that um, promise. Now, when we look in the dictionary, commemorate uh, is to recall and show respect for someone or something. A wreath-laying ceremony to commemorate, um, you know, somebody, uh, they use an example, the War of the Dead, or another example uh, that they have is a commemorated song. Um, yes, yes. Uh, so those are the examples, but what I want to bring up the definition about commemorate is about this is to be recalled. This is to be remembered. Okay. To keep in, in a, in a sense, a, a covenant. If I, if I may use that word. Um, also in here, God is very specific and we see that even when he is, when he gave the assignment to Adam and to Noah, um, and to Moses, you see here, you know, then Moses said to the people commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Okay, and he did. He brought those people out of Egypt with his almighty hand. 
to where they were able to cross over from the Dead Sea and closed it back up. And we have to keep that in our heart. Whatever exodus we are being delivered from, God will bring us through and then close that up as we pass through it. But what we have to remember, each time God delivers us, we have to keep that in our hearts to always give thanks about that. Because it's so easy for us to, to get through the trials and the tribulations, and then we forget where we came from. You know, I often recollect of, of how God delivered me and my kids from homelessness. And out of that hostile living environment, you know, with their, with their father, my ex-husband. So whatever we have gone through, let that truly be our exodus. Amen. Uh, who would like to read verses 8 through... 14. I can read it. Amen. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time, year after year. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised an oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offering of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, the mighty hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Praise God. Praise God. And, you know, oftentimes, um, well, I'm going to say this. When we even look at uh, kings and queens, we notice that, um, royalty goes with the firstborn, the first heir. You know, yeah. um, yes, yes. So in in these scriptures, we look at it is that we have to appreciate all of our children, and each children hold uh, an ordainment with God, our firstborns, you know, down to when it comes to me, um, you know, I look at my eldest, my firstborn, and then I see my daughter, which is my eldest daughter, you know, and uh, one of my middle children, and then I have my youngest. And God doesn't play favoritism. And I must say this because sometimes people read certain scriptures and they kind of get things confused. But when we see that um, Seth actually was the the youngest because he was blessed, um, well, one of the youngest, I should say, 
he was blessed. Um, Adam and Eve was blessed with Seth when Abel was, was murdered. And in the line of Seth came down Noah. So he has a special place with the Lord thy God and what he has ordained. Exactly. But God is, is showing that, look, the head of this union, your firstborn child, you have to instill the loss so that they can carry things forward. Yeah, that they carry things forward. Amen. Um, another thing, earlier in the chapter, verse 5, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hebites, and the Je Jebusites, you know, the Lord doesn't, he doesn't call us black, white, Indian, whatever. He calls us by the land that we come from. So we have to keep that in mind in, in recognizing different terminology that we use, you know, with people. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I think the more when we study in the word, our speech is different. Um, we learn, we're aware of our biases and our wrongs. And we're a constant work in progress. But whatever work we are progressing to, it will end with the glory of Almighty God. And as that being said, also, we, we have the ability to shine our light and help other lost souls. Um, amen. And Sister Nicole, you left off at, I think, uh, verse, what was it, verse? Uh, okay, amen, verse. What verse do you want me to read up to? Oh, no, you did good, verse 15, 14. Uh, I'll read, um, I, I, I'll read uh, up to about 19. Mm -hmm. When... Oh, okay, no, you did right. No, you did right. No, mm -hmm. you did right. Matter of fact, I'll finish the chapter. Um, verse 15. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offering of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Now, I'm just going to read something uh, here, which is uh, very powerful. And what I, I receive is the, the Lord God... He is so omnipotent, you know, and I think back uh, even when I was, when I was uh, married, you know, and, um, and I think back to uh, before I became pregnant with my son and, and different things. And so for those people that have, um, you know, in their lives uh, suffered miscarriages and whatnot, I, you know, our children are still seen by the Lord, by God. 
And, you know, what I've also expressed to people, um, you know, because there was a big debate about abortions, you know, leave that to God. You see here, God is clearly saying he's the judge and the juror. You know, a, a person's choice, what they make, they have to go to God. We are not to, to intercede. We pray to God who will provide intercessional prayer through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, any questions so far? Uh, verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, through that, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready to bat, ready to, for battle. So we see sometimes we pray to God for something in our lives, and we feel that it's taking too long. Let's let's take this to comparison with uh, marriage, and also taking a, a comparison to your career, job, or in my case being a writer, a successful writer. Sometimes when we take the shortcut, there's more opposition and it will even discourage us. And God knows how much we could bear. So remember this. If, if it's taking you a long time to find that special someone or whatever, it's for a reason. Sometimes we want to take the shortcut and that's a storm God did not want about in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? So we see that in this scripture where it said that, so God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Yeah, there's going to be even something that appears larger and, and, and more uh, uh, discouraging, such as that big body of water, but God has already provided that opening. Verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He has said, God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sakoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them and a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of people. So we see here, okay, how Moses kept the commands of God, and also, he held very in, in high regard um, uh, uh, Joseph, who prayed that if he did not survive this 
uh, Exodus that his bones be carried up and Moses did so. And also here we hear the scripture, which a lot of us have heard and also repeat, God go before us a pillar of cloud by day and a, uh, and a, and a pillar of fire by night. And this is God's protection because he is with us day and night. Any uh, thoughts so far? Uh, Sister Patricia? No, no, it's just basically just saying, you know, when God has a plan for us, we have to follow his. I'm quite sure they didn't understand why they had to take the long way mm -hmm. and why they had to go day and night. But God knows that he always provides a way for you to uh, carry out his will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then two, when you are in a position such as Moses um, and, you know, even myself, you know, we are in a very sacred position that God has placed us. And when we give a commitment to somebody, we have to we have to stand true to that. And I just think that is very beautiful in, in how. um God placed it in this Bible um, to share with us about uh, Moses adhering to Joseph's request and how Joseph walked by faith and not by sight because he knew that God was going to bring him through. Whether or not his physical eyes would see that, but his spiritual eyes would, and that his bones be placed in, in, in that sacred place. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, any other thoughts anyone has? Brother Desmond? Uh, anybody? Oh, Lord, ain't nothing happened to me today. You know, it's just a born day. I just sit 
all day doing some little stuff around the house. I might have done one errand today, and that's about it. But then I'm thinking, wait a second, but okay. But today, nobody died in my family. But today, nobody got hurt. But today, I didn't get sick, and nobody else around me got sick. Right. You know, uh, I didn't, you know, get in an argument with my family or, or feel an ill will towards anybody. All right. of that, that's a blessing. Yes, it is. That's a blessing. So I just want people to appreciate some of those boring days and don't think that those boring days are done just by accident. Mm-hmm. They're the will of God and there's peace. And sometimes, you know, having that peace, uh, I'd rather have a peaceful, born life any day yes. than to so-called what people say, I got, oh, I got to go get this card, that card. I just wanted to say real quick, because uh, I do have to be honest to say this, Pastor, I was discouraged earlier, and uh, I must can tell you because I kept waiting and waiting for a couple places. I put applications for cards in, and uh, I kept getting denied. Uh, uh, and I know it's like my credit and stuff, but you know, um, certain things happen beyond my control for that to mm-hmm. occur. But anyway, I, I, you know, was still able to afford what I could afford, and I was still saying to my God, but you know what? I got this car way out here in Arizona, and it's more than these other cars. I'm just going, I'm just going to get these pumps, okay? Mm-hmm. Can you just please give me a car and? I want a nice car, but I want this particular car. And yesterday, I was just fussing and fussing because I said, if I went for this car that I loved and I didn't go for this less expensive car, mm-hmm. then I would have been fine. And then our mother even stopped me because I said, oh, darling, I shouldn't have been listening to my family. And she's like, who did you listen to? She's like, did you listen to me? I, I didn't tell you about what car to get, Sissy. I said, no, no, no. I said, you're not just my only family. You know, so I'm trying to tell her, treat the deck or whatever. She said, well, which car do you want? I said, I want the one in Arizona, but that one, that, that's beyond. You know, mm-hmm. that, that car is marked $5,000 down than what it's worth. That, there's no way I'm going to get that, that car. And on the eighth hour, that lady called me a knowledge from there. And she said, we're going to make this work. And, you know, it, it only, it, it dropped past or not another 5000 but it dropped 7000 below Praise the God. What God has and for you. And I ain't nobody to die. Mm-hmm. And I ain't nobody to die. And it's the only kind of car that they have on their lot. Meaning this is an Acura dealership. They only sell Acura. They don't sell no fancy cars or nothing like that. And I just know that, again, you know, I was trying to tell myself, this is all I can get. And I was trying to shortcut myself because the faster way for me to go is to go with what I know. Let me go to this place, this car back to place. It's a short ride. I can get this car transferred. If I get this car in Arizona, I got to go and do references. I got to go and, you know, get this car transferred all the way here. That's just too much. That's just too Mm -hmm. much. But again, sometimes, and and it's not about, you know, again, materialistic a car, but my point of my testimony is sometimes, like you said, we, we, 
we fell short when we think about the short things. And just like you said about being a writer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and attaining our goals in life professionally and and um, attaining our goals personally. You know, give me this dude over here, Lord. You know, I, I know he ain't the best, but he's here. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'd rather be lonely than alone. Okay? Uh, does he help me with nothing? No. Does he go with me anywhere? No. The people mm-hmm. even that have been around me for 30 years know that I'm married? No. But he's here. And Pastor, um, Sister Patricia was telling me just yesterday about a couple that was married for almost 40 years, and it was a marriage of convenience. They weren't in love. They didn't uh, share anything together, Pastor, you know, as far as life and, and, and being, and even around each other. They mm-hmm. were just married on paper. So what I say to that is I'm in that category of maybe ever never being married or if I do get married, it's probably going to be in my second half of my lifetime. But what God has for me is for me. And I'm never going to settle short professionally or personally to take the shortcut and just get what's there. I'm going to go the long way around and I'm going to be guided by that cloud. And I'm going to be guided by that fire because I'm going to end up just like everybody else on that better side. That better side. It might be me longer, like that rough side of that mountain, but I'm going to be better on that longer side. Praise God. Praise God. And we are going to study in that word so we can get a response to Sister uh, Nicole's testimony and thought. We will be right back with Studying in the Word. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a new is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go, another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. Amen. Welcome back to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter Douglas, pastor of Behind Closed Doors Ministries. Well, You know what, Sister Nicole, I understand exactly what you are saying. And the one thing that I I have to say, do not uh, be defeated by the size of the waters. And what I'm saying is, as soon as the adversary starts saying, oh, you're, you're 40 something years old, 
the likelihood of you having a, a, a marriage is slim to none. The devil is a liar. You know, look at Sarah, look at Abraham, you know, um, you know, the one thing that I have learned in life and, you know, and, and it's, and it's easy because we are not cre created to be alone. That's first and foremost, the struggles that we, we have. And, um, you know, my, my two sons and daughter and I were getting together. We're about to, uh, do a survival uh, workshop, uh, not a survival workshop, but a survival uh, book. Um, you know, we're not created to be alone. And the adversary now is manipulating the minds of both women and men. And you have people who are thinking, uh, Fidelity, monogamy is boring. I've heard that. I don't want to go home to the same person every single night for the rest of my life. Well, okay. Well, how does STDs look? You know, uh, and then you have, then you have some men who's not looking for a wife, but they're looking for a mama. You know, they, they, they don't want to work. You know, they, they, they want somebody to take care of them, you know, and, and then you have some women that think they don't have to work because all they got to do is, is look a certain way and be a trophy on a certain man's arm. And that's all they need to do. But what happens when looks fade? What happens? I, I don't want to go to a person and be like, oh, I need this. Can I have, you know, $20, $30? We're not created to be that. At, at, we're not created to be dependent on our spouses, whether it's male or female. So with, with that being said, give God the glory. You serve a God who parted the rare seas in your life how many times he'll do it again he'll do it for marriage he'll do it for everything with god there is no half stepping amen amen praise god praise god amen we have brother desmond back on the line praise god um, looking into Genesis chapter seven, um, here, uh, this is about the instructions of creating the ark. And I'm going to read the first five verses. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. 
seven days from now, I will send rain on this earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all the Lord commanded him. So we see here uh, when the Lord talks about uh, seven pairs of each kind of clean and unclean animal. Um, anybody yeah. knows? Of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was I was trying to figure that out because when it said unclean, I didn't understand. Like you know, when I when I look at animals, I, I look at them as you know. I ain't gonna sit here and say they're clean. You know, any animal that licks itself and every which way, you know, that's, that's, it's trying to take care of itself, but it's still not clean like we think it is, you know what I mean? I mean, and, and then my other question was, is it, is he trying to say that, that animals don't have souls? No, everybody, you know, like, mm -hmm. do they have to be reborn again like we do? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Um, when you look at clean and unclean animals, um, you know, the prime example, if you read the book of Leviticus, it, it tells a lot of that. Um, what comes to mind, okay. catfish. Catfish is not clean. Um, you know, it eats... Okay its waste. There's animals that eat their waste. There's unclean animals. Uh, yeah. So, but let's, let's look into the Bible because that's a very uh, good question. Oh, okay. And uh, some examples when I Googled it, um, they use gecko, monitor lizard, wall lizard, uh, the skink and the chameleon. Um, they move okay. around the, the ground. Rats are unclean animals. Um, basically, whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean until the evening. And again, uh, like I said, Leviticus is very good. Um, let me go in here. Let me see. And uh, look up Leviticus. Um and what was the other question you had? My other question was, when they were talking about unclean, were they talking about animals had to be reborn, like we had to be reborn to be clean? That's what I was asking a question about as well. Like, Because I didn't understand like when they were saying unclean. I didn't know if they meant, you know, I understand now you made it clear to what you're saying. They're saying like animals that are unclean are the ones that you'll find. Like where it says all creatures here below. No, uh, all well, yeah. Um, the all creatures here below that's living. Like we're a living creature, you know, animals, living creatures. So, and there's also animals in heaven. Yeah, there's animals in heaven. So 
that verse, Bible verse, all creatures here below, that's all creatures in heaven and that's all creatures on earth, everywhere. Everybody, everywhere, even in hell, they are going to serve God. They know who, who, who the boss of everything is. So all creatures here below, that's everywhere. That encompasses every single where. Um, human and animal. Um, in Leviticus chapter 11, Leviticus chapter 11 breaks it down, clean and unclean food. Okay, it, it breaks it down. Um, in verse four, there are some that only chew the cud or only have a divided hoof, but you must not eat from them. That's why a lot of um, people do not eat pork because pork is considered to be an unclean animal. However, um, it's in the in the New Testament. There's some animals um, that if you cook it a certain way, um, you can't eat. But yeah, but you see, um, I think it's Muslims. They they will not eat pig. They will not eat pork. Well, because they say, well, they say it's pork. Well, a pig is supposed to be part rat, dog, and I forget what else. But this is another question I have for you. Excuse me, everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for taking my pastor. I'm not. I'm not trying to hold up your show. Mm -mm. And I, I, I do want to progress, but I do have one more question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if it says God wanted to take seven of all kinds, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This this is my thing. In the Bible, the serpent, it shows the serpent to be, like you said, it's unclean. It shows that Satan had taken the serpent. Well, and what I can never understand is if, if, if Satan came in the form of the serpent, Right? Wouldn't we think as human beings to leave it alone? Like, if, if I was taking things on the heart, wouldn't you think God? Wouldn't you think God would say, "Not the serpent"? Oh. Well, oh, what were you saying, uh, Sister Pat? Did you have something to say? Okay. Well, okay. Now, this is this is this is the thing. Okay. Now snakes yeah. used to actually 
have legs. They used to walk upright. Okay. Um, and with that being said, um, apparently, yes, snakes were also on the ark because we see them now. So it wasn't all of the snakes that were cursed. It was, um, well, how do I say all snakes now don't have, uh, uh, they don't walk up, up right because of the curse, just like we inherited curse. But also um, when it comes to um, why the snakes were allowed on the ark is because God was preserving his creation. Okay. So when we look, yeah, because when we look at that, if that's the case, um, Noah wouldn't have been on the ark because Adam sinned. You understand what I'm saying? So, and the adversary did not dynamically take possession of the snake. He manipulated the snake and used it kind of like a puppet. That's why in my book, Thinking Outside the Plantation, I refer to my tormentors and my bullies. And this is what I really recommend people to look at um, their persecutors as, as puppets. And you have to cut the puppet strings because Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And this is why they're, they're puppets. So the snake was puppeteered by the adversary. Because again, the, at that time, the snake was the craftiest of the wild beasts, which means that animals have intelligence. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you know, you can have conversations with dogs, cats, there's some birds, parrots, so forth, fishes. Animals got sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was that, Sister Nicole? dolphins brains are used in a lot of studies uh when it comes to trying to find a cure for alzheimer yeah. whatever yeah yeah you know and we have to remember god made the animals first and when we look at that you know regardless of what we we find in comparison you know people want to say you know this about monkeys or whatever but when you look at animals a lot of them have we have a lot of characteristics that some animals have and the more characteristics that humans and animals have alike you will be so surprised at their intelligence like some monkeys some people go get these monkeys and they actually have them as children but because we are so far for far from imperfection in God's ordination, a lot of those monkeys should not be in domestic situations because they can't turn. 
But again, this is this is this is because of the the fall from man. This is because of inherent sin, you know. Um, but I do want to touch on this: the significance of number seven. Now, this comes from BibleProject.com because you will see the number seven uh, referenced a lot in the Bible when Jesus said, "You should forgive them seventy times seventy-seven. I think it is. Um, you see here in um, Genesis where the Lord is uh, instructing Noah to take seven pairs of every animal. Uh, seven comes up a lot. And because seven is symbolic to the Eastern and Israelite culture and literature is communicated as a sense of fullness, completeness. Seven is spelled with the same consonants as the word, word complete or full. Okay. So this is, this is one of the things when we see seven mentioned, that's why I also love the study of numero numerology, um, because you do get a lot of things. Um, 21, um, that number is referenced in the Bible. Some people, um, they don't believe numbers are in the Bible. I don't know where they get that from, but when you read the Bible, there's a lot of specific things. Um, 20, um, the number 20 in the Bible is symbolic and references uh, revelations. That's why I'm telling people we are in the year of the revelations, not the final revelations as John prophesied in the book of revelations in the Bible. But this is the, this is this, this right here is the preface to actually the revelations, you will see different shifts occur. Um, you know, it's already coming up um, where money is losing its 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 potency in this world because it's going to come a time where money is not going to be anything. You, you're going to have to do wicked things to get this. And that's the very reason why we need to prepare now. We have to prepare now because it's a different reign that's going to occur. It is, it's a spiritual reign that's going to come. It's a spiritual flood that's going to come upon the earth. Um, not a physical flood, but a spiritual flood that's going to come upon the earth where we have to prepare now for our legacies. We have to prepare now for spiritual protection and wealth. You, you, Pastor, you, you, you know, like, uh, this is what gets me. Everybody, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of people, when they read the Bible, it's like they, they say things and they, they take it out of context and they try to put it into uh, man-made things. For instance, how they say the earth will be set on fire. Are you there? Yeah, well, the Lord, the, 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 I mean, the Lord is, I mean, the world is going to be purged. It's going to be burned. Everything on this earth is going to be no more. That is going to happen. Yeah, but, but you know, everybody keeps trying to say, 
I, I hear a lot of people, they try to say, you know, nuclear weapons or anything else. And I keep trying to tell everybody that's, that's not, to me, that's not what that means. To me, when it says scorch, you know, like, like the earth will be set on fire. It's kind of like what's going on now to where there is the climate change, you know, like how we, there's certain places like California, even Russia, like we have the fires and it's, it's burning. Well, people don't understand, like you have a lot of different, you know, like flames and fires and everything like that, that'll move across the earth and that will take out everything. Well, like it's doing now. Well, and you, people aren't paying attention to that. Well, you know what? This is what I have to say, too. Because, you know, we as Christians, you know, we have to always carry in us a teachable spirit. You know what I mean? A teachable uh-huh. spirit. And, and sometimes a person's thoughts are what they were taught. And so, and I'm learning this myself, that we encourage and teach people peaceably. Now, what people are seeing today, that's a a, a prophecy. Jesus prophesied that in Matthew um, about storms, uh, one place, another. And unfortunately, there's, there's, there's volcanoes, there's firestorms you know, which is caused by different things in the environment and atmosphere, no rain very high heat. So we have that. We have hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, earthquakes. We have all kinds of things. Um, You know, even in the winter, we have uh, those winter storms and stuff like that. What we have to just uh, concentrate is is in knowledge and knowing that um, we have a long ways to go before we even you know, see the the end of times. And that's one of the things in studying in the word. Um, we are going to present the topic. We are going to actually study the book of Revelation. You know, and I'm I'm putting that in the atmosphere for uh maybe 2023, 2024, because like I want to present information like this, um, that kind of gets gets everybody opened up and understanding um to a lot of things in in the books of the bible um then just jumping right in there because you know in, in setting in the word you got to know where you came from to know where you're going you got to understand the genesis the exodus the leviticus the matthew luke john the thessalonians the corinthians the acts the romans uh, the Timothys, you got to understand all of that, all 66 books of the Bible. You got to understand 65 before you really understand revelations. Um, but what I do want to say, um, before we close out in Genesis, uh, chapter seven, um, it, it rained for the amount of time that the Lord said, and Noah, in verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, 
On that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were opened and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. That's miraculous. And when we hear the song, um, uh, open the floodgates of heaven, that's God's favor. That's his, 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 his baptism. Yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of these gospel songs that we hear are taken right out of the scriptures. And that's why I want to say also from, yes, you know, we have to read and study the word to know what we're listening to, you know, and this will help us recognize people that is truly on the vine of Christ, you know? And so also in uh, chapter seven, um, in, in verse uh, 23, every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days. So that's that's because see, it rained for forty days and forty nights. It rained for forty days and forty nights, but the water covered the earth for one hundred and fifty days. Okay. Yes, and I say that because sometimes I used to get that confused. When asked the question, well, how long did the rain last and, and the waters last? I, I thought it was all 40 days and 40 nights. No, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and waters covered the entire earth for 150 days. You know, and and so when we when we talk about the animals and stuff, every single person has a purpose with God. Because he brought the clean and the unclean animals. And he spared Noah's family because of Noah. So that there could be reproduction. You know, and, and, and mankind can have another chance. So what I would like for everybody to take from this study is God has prepared you for any and all responsibilities and assignments that he's given you. That's one. Two, do not be discouraged by the body of water. Do not be discouraged by the body of water. God will open up the Exodus and lead you through and whatever you have went through, he has already closed it up. So it cannot hurt you again. Okay. And three, let us all have a teachable and gentle spirit so that others can be in the ark of God. That is the Holy word. Amen. Pastor, I have a question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll open this up to a Q and a, and we will be right back with studying in the word. On the path to success, we find many adversities, 
What and to whom can be the stumbling block? Are we being spiritually punished for some things? Or is there something or someone trying to hinder us from receiving Almighty God's blessings? Thinking outside the plantations is based on the evidence-based perspective. Evidence shows who and what is oppressing people today. The plantations of depression, suicide, domestic violence, and addictions will not define us. We have the power to become free. This book will guide you through breaking the chains, thus enabling you to step off those mental and philosophical plantations that impede your social growth. This book is written by abuse survivors and designed for your individual and group studies. Books are available on Amazon.com, both the instructor's manual and the individual book. to studying in the word. Amen. Praise God. Brother Desmond, you had a question? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. It speaks about how people were, you know, people were gawking and making fun of Noah for what he was doing following God's plan. Mm -hmm. My question is, when the waters came and they, they saw it was for real, God allowed Noah to take those people or what he considered them right there too. Like since you did not since you did not eat. Well, you know like, what? The answer like, too late. like you couldn't help like you couldn't help them get aboard the ship that they were they, they were trying to um get on the ship with like, you know, explain that that question um it's just like Sodom and Gomorrah God will give you yeah that's what I yeah. amen Holy Spirit Sister Nicole Holy Spirit uh Sister Nicole go ahead and answer that question Took it as, you know, wasn't that 
you know, Noah was looking and saying, hey, I see this person either drowning or, or saying, you know, please, God, help me now. And, and have an unmerciful God. We have a very merciful God. That's why we're here right now. Amen. It's because of his grace and his mercy. Uh, because our world, how it is now, is unclear. But he was saying at that time, this is my instruction to you, Noah, because I will wipe out everything that is unclean. You know, not just, again, every human, but every beast, every insect, everything. And, and you know, create, you know, again, um, a, clean, a cleaner uh, world. And, again, when we're talking about how we said that, about unleavened bread, bread without meat, and about consuming uh, meat. Um, and again, you know, there's a difference between eating meat, more meaning eating pig or eating cow and things like that, as opposed to saying what you consume in your body is unclean. Because when you wash the blood, when you cleanse meat, when you prepare it a certain way, and you pray over that meat, um, then again, that meat is not unclean, you know? So it's, it's, it's taking things in perspective of not only understanding what God is saying in the scripture, but knowing the context where that scripture was, was, was written by God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise No. You know what? And and I just yes, you're so yes. And and what I want to add to uh, brothers and and sisters on the line is when we look at um, your question about you know would the people be able to get onto the ark as Sister Nicole uh, shared? No, because God gave specific instructions that only those amount of people on the ark would be saved just like he gives the instructions hallelujah thank you jesus the people that's going to be saved from burning in the lake of fire which is hell once once see it's so easy once you start seeing the destruction to change your mind now you know they were given the chance, and at this time, remember, it was the Nephilim. Now, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 1 through uh, 4. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose, Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with them, humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went with the daughters of the humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. So these Nephilims, which were part spirit, part mortal uh 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 creatures they were the bullies because they possess us super strength and they were uh in size great size like giants you understand what i'm saying 
And so, you know, there was so much debauchery in this world that God not only, um, you know, created the flood, but he also lessened the life expectancy because prior to this, remember, humans were living eight, 900 years. Mm -hmm. and, and so this, you know, and I'm glad that you look at that, Brother Desmond, because I think that's the beginning to understanding the importance in change, the importance in doing God's command, because we, we, we say that as well when we look at, you know, in, in uh, the situation with, with God, you know, um, a lot of people they and you know they cohabitate and they say well god knows my heart well you know what that's the same thing like back in the flood okay you know god's commandments but you choose to do what you want to do and then when armageddon comes God is sending wrath and destruction, and you see pe people's souls dropping in the lake of fire, hell, you can't be like, well, wait a minute, God, I'm going to stop cohabitating. I'm going to quit killing. I'm going to quit hurting people. I'm going to quit raping. I'm going to quit all this stuff because I don't want to drop in that lake of fire. It's a little bit too late. It's too late. You know, and I'm sure, and I'm just saying, because I'm, I'm going to just put myself back in that time in the shoes of them people. If I'm out here sinning and I got all this debauchery and I see no rain falling and in my lifespan, I've never seen it rain past a week straight. And I see Moses building this big old ark. I'm going to say, what is he building this art for? It don't rain like that. Look at him. I'm not about to help him. Then all of a sudden, it rains for a day, two, three, four, a week straight. Soon as that water started getting so hot, trust and believe, I'm sure Noah heard some knocking on that boat from not only mankind, but from the animals too. Please. Help me, let me come in. I'm sure. But again, it's a little bit too late. Too I, I don't know the, the whole thing it says too little, too late. I think that's the thing. So yeah. Amen. Any other thoughts, uh questions? Brother Desmond? I you actually answered a lot of my stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of the questions that I had, you actually answered it right there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. mm -hmm. God is good. God is good. And and that's just, you know, I love Bible study. Um, you know, it's just getting in there, studying the word. God is God is God is so so good. So um, uh -huh. Amen. Praise God. 
So next week, Sister Pat. Sister Pat. Sister Pat is quiet. Uh, And I'm going to find that. I think it might be Listen to the Rain. It's because it was all when the records were like 78 and stuff. And every now and then, uh, you know, him and Ma would put the uh, old, that old, it's the old record. That song is so volume. That song, uh, and, and then just that one verse. That's all you I know. can remember as a little girl because I was only about like six or seven. But I do remember that. I was out the door, but you pulled a chair, and God said you can't come in. You got it. You got it. You got the keys, and you can't come in. Hallelujah. That makes a lot of sense. Praise his name. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. It just goes to show that God uses everything so we can understand.
That's right. We gotta be ready because we don't know the time, we don't know the hour. No, no time at all. That's right. That's right. Praise God. Praise God. With that being said, and I'm going to find that song and uh, share for next week's Bible study. Yeah, I didn't want to put, I'm just you know, on, you know, uh, self but I really love the way you saying that. And see, this is a, a true. Yes, praise God. Thank you so much, my sisters. Thank you so much. Uh, with that being said, uh, who would like to close with prayer? Oh, before we close with prayer, who's going to pray? I can pray. Okay, amen. And uh, before you pray, our homework assignment is Genesis chapter 8. And Exodus chapter four, and just a recommended refresher uh, for everybody to read um, Genesis five and six. This will kind of help us get this uh, resonating in in the word. Uh, Well, I'm gonna say recommended uh, read five through seven, but our homework uh, is Genesis chapter eight. Recommended uh, read Genesis 5 through 7 and Exodus chapter 14. Amen. 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 Sister Nicole. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, your spirit is so high in this place, Lord. I feel that sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know, Heavenly Father. That is by your grace and your mercy that we are assembled here this evening to hear your holy word and study your holy word. Lord, I want you to especially touch each and every one of us on the sound of my voice on the phone. Go into Brother Desmond's house, Heavenly Father. Yes, touch his heart, touch his soul and mind, Lord. Mm. Lord, he is eagerly, eagerly wanting to increase his knowledge, Heavenly Father, and understanding of your divine word. So, Lord, I just ask you to shine, Heavenly Father, Mm -hmm. into his heart, soul, and mind. Protect him, Lord Jesus, from all harm and danger, O God. Let him 
know, Heavenly Father, that you already have said that what all of the doctors don't understand, that if anything infects his body that is wrong, that you are the ultimate healer, oh God. The pain and the suffering this young man has gone through. Mm. Just touch him, Heavenly Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because again, that door and that person was closed. 
run of her parishioners and say, I understand, Sister Patricia. I understand, Brother Desmond. I understand, Sister Lester, where you guys are coming from. And I will help you with your understanding. Yes, of this Lord word. God. Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. You have her anointing.